0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Downsizing, the podcast where we try and figure out when the office actually ended, because everyone would have been fired. My name is Curtis, and I'll be your host, and with me is my co-host and resident office expert, Antoinette. Hello. Today we will be discussing Season 4, Episode 13, Job Fair. In this episode, Michael looks for interns, Jim, Andy, and Kevin go golfing, and Pam explores other opportunities. This episode's cold open doesn't really achieve much overall. It just kind of sets up the larger plot at large, which is that Michael, Oscar, Pam, and Daryl are going to Valley View High School for a job fair. And there's really not even any jokes in there or anything like that. It literally just sets up the plot of the episode.
1: And Valley View High School is Pam's alma mater, which seems like maybe one of the reasons that she is going. The main takeaway from the cold open is that Michael doesn't know how to dress for a job fair. (laughs) Oscar and Daryl are dressed in suits and ties and looking pretty sharp. Pam is in her usual black skirt with just a top. Uh, She kind of looks kind of casual, but Michael is just wearing blue jeans, a polo and kind of a light spring jacket because he wants to give off this fun vibe.
0: Yeah, he's probably dressing in the way that he thinks high schoolers dress.
1: Good point, yes. We do get a check-in. Kelly and Daryl are still dating because Kelly is just over the moon about Daryl being dressed up and says he looks like Barack Obama.
0: And so we get a look at the Valley View High School job fair and everyone else's booths are really dressed up. They are doing everything they can to attract people to just get them to the booth and then kind of get their pitch. We see that there is a booth with a arcade basketball machine. And Michael thinks that all of this is very flashy. And the only thing that he had the team bring is one sheet of paper and Michael's reasoning behind this is very similar to the commercial that he put together earlier this season where one sheet of paper equals endless possibilities
1: except that's really hard to convey with a booth at a job fair even the Dunder Mifflin tag is kind of boring it's just a rectangular shape that's white and it says Dunder Mifflin in all caps in black and so the four of them are just sitting there hoping that someone is going to stop by. But it's a high school job fair, and these kids are looking for either a summer job or summer internship. Apparently the Dunder Mifflin interns are high schoolers. And it's really hard to entice kids to stop by if they don't know anything about it. There's no like name recognition. There's nothing fun to the booth. So Michael is really misplaying this
0: on top of that, Michael, as usual, has this very elevated opinion as to what Dunder Mifflin is and why it's a great place to work. And so we get a scene where Pam is talking to some kid about the job, and she isn't selling it at all, really. I mean, she basically, what it comes down to is that Working at Dunder Mifflin will give you a good sense as to what it feels like to work in an office.
1: Which is kind of all she's got. That's it. I mean, it is purely an office
0: job. Right. And so Michael comes from off screen somewhere and sees Pam talking to this kid and is just making hand gestures to Pam behind this kid's back. Like, no, that's not the kid that we want. That's not who we want. Because... Michael weirdly wants, like, the Jims like the and the Pams and the Ryans of the world to work there. Like, the fun, attractive people, like the cool kids to work there. And Michael reads that this kid is not that.
1: Which, again, is just so weird for a summer internship at This kid's going to be there for three months. And as Pam said, he's interested. He wants to know more about it. He came to us. Michael is really rude to this kid and just says, you know, you're so great and this position is beneath you and essentially sends this kid, Justin, on his way. Michael then becomes irate because Justin wrote his name on the piece of paper, probably thinking that's what it was there for, and forces Pam to drive back to the office to get the Dunder Mifflin cardstock, not just some sheet of paper she found elsewhere in the school. So she literally drove 20 miles round trip just to quote unquote their booth again. When she comes back, there really hasn't been any developments as to students that want to work at Dunder Mifflin. Daryl and Oscar are shooting hoops at the booth that has the arcade game. Michael is just trying to get anyone to the booth.
0: One other kid does stop by and is just goes, What's what's Dunder Mifflin? And Michael goes into this long-winded like explanation as to what the job is, and Oscar cuts him off in the middle of it, just like, it's a paper company. And the kid's just like, Okay, thanks, and then walks away.
1: In the end, as the day is coming to a close, Michael realized he shooed off the only prospect that they had and tries to woo Justin back into this internship. And thankfully Justin's like, no, you were rude to me. I'm gonna go. And Michael is left to give this embarrassing and weird diatribe over the mic where he cuts down the other employers saying he doesn't even know what H&R Block does, the Air Force, why would you want that? And is forced to give his last second pitch as security is coming to get him off the stage.
0: I feel like this episode kind of encapsulates everything there is about Dunder Mifflin and Michael (laughs) in this show because it is full of Michael thinking that Dunder Mifflin is just the greatest place on earth to work and absolutely nobody wanting to actually work there because you kind of see that inside the office as well which pretty much the exception of Dwight, everybody else is just picking up a paycheck, essentially.
1: Right. And even Oscar, Daryl, and Pam aren't the greatest ambassadors, I would say, for Dunder Mifflin. I think they fall into that category a little bit, but they're just realistic about the job, and Michael's not. And that's why they leave the event without any interns.
0: Michael, Oscar, Pam, And Daryl are not the only ones spending the day outside of the office. Jim, Kevin, and Andy are going on a business golfing trip with Phil, who... It's not very... It's not clearly stated what Phil does. He apparently is in the junk mail business, more or less.
1: Yeah, that's what it sounds like.
0: And so Jim is trying to get Phil's business. Apparently... They have had some sort of relationship before, probably just Jim trying to get his business because Phil seems pretty familiar with the inner workings of Dunder Mifflin, the shipping costs, their paper costs, things like that. So as they're getting ready to start, Jim is ready to start his pitch.
1: And the reason that Jim is going out golfing with a client, Something that we've really never seen him do. We've seen him on sales calls, but we haven't seen him trying to woo new clients. And he's doing this because as we previously saw, Ryan has put Jim on probation. And Jim says he has long-term plans in his personal life and he can't lose his job. So he's gonna do something bold he's never done here and that is try. It's interesting that he took Kevin and Andy with him. I don't know if that's because you need four people to golf or like what the reasoning behind that is. Andy took this so seriously. He hit 10,000 balls the day before and his hands are absolutely covered in blisters and he really can't even grip the golf club. This golf day is sort of weird and awkward. Jim makes a few seemingly half-hearted attempts to talk with Phil about his business, what his paper needs are, and, and Phil really rebuffs him quite quickly, saying he's just here to get out of the office.
0: And he does that throughout this episode as Jim keeps trying to bring this up. And Phil's just like, I'm not here to talk business. And then as Jim keeps coming after him Phil is is talking numbers at this point he says that even with free shipping the costs still don't make sense to switch over to Dunder Mifflin and then as they close the day Jim makes one last ditch effort to get Phil's business and Phil's kind of just brushes him off and says fiscal year restarts in two months give me a call and we can see what the numbers look like then old Jim probably would have let it stop there if he would have even tried past the first offer in the first place. But Jim gets up from the table they're all sitting at as Phil goes to his car and as Phil is getting ready to pull away, Jim steps in front of his car and through kind of just a voiceover monologue says that He told Phil that he was impressed with Phil's ability to not give up, even though he was trying to hit out of the same Sam Trap for six strokes, and that Jim wasn't going to give up either. And so he says that he was going to call Phil every single day for that two months to try and get his business, and Phil relents and agrees to have Jim be his paper provider.
1: Which I wonder how that works. I assume they have a contract with whoever they're getting their paper from now. And as soon as that ends, they go to Dunder Mifflin. Right. Beyond that, there's really not a lot of a takeaway from the golf outing. Kevin gets the chance to gamble. I think they're playing like $10 a hole, so I don't know exactly what that means um but i think jim did a little bit better than phil he only owed 120 dollars i guess kevin's the winner in all that
0: it sounds like it yeah
1: because phil does invite kevin to golf again andy tries to get in and feels like no i don't think andy was a very good golfer he crashed the cart at one point
0: yeah maybe the blisters prevented him like we see him take one swing and it's right. pretty poor And so the blisters probably prevented him from being too effective.
1: Well, though, Andy does admit that he hated golf lessons as a kid and would rather hang out with the sailing team. So (laughs) maybe he's just not a very good golfer.
0: That was a funny, like, little aside in there because it it builds up Andy's affluence. He says, like most kids, I hated golf lessons. And so I would rather do sailing lessons as if that was something that's available to Both of those things are something that's available to everyone.
1: And Andy did get a chance to slip in that he went to Cornell because Phil is wearing a Dartmouth shirt, which Mindy Kaling went to Dartmouth, so that might be a nod to her. And so that gave Andy the chance to be a weirdo and say, like, no, I will not golf with a Dartmouth man. Back at the office, there's a mutiny brewing.
0: It takes the people... Who are still at the office very little time to realize that the two people who are in charge officially in charge at the office are not in the office and so what's really stopping them from leaving and the only thing that is stopping them is Dwight. Now that clearly is not enough for Stanley because as Dwight is rolling off the Facts here and saying that Michael is in charge of the office. When Michael is not here, Jim is in charge of the office. And when Jim isn't here, he and Andy are in charge of the office. And as he is rolling through all this, Stanley is packing up his things and just walks out of the office, knowing that there's nothing really Dwight could do about it.
1: The rest of the group, which is Creed, Meredith, Phyllis, and Kelly, they wait until... Dwight is in the bathroom. Creed calls up Angela and asks, are you in? And she is very disapproving and says no. And they all leave. Dwight immediately calls Michael and says, I just want you to know that these people have left and I have written it down and docked them a personal day. And Michael's like, who cares? I'm not there. Jim's not there. They shouldn't have to be there, which does not make sense. That should not be as Jan has pointed out in a previous season. That shouldn't be how this goes, but that's very much the case for Michael. So everyone kind of gets a free day.
0: I wish that was the case at my job.
1: And Dwight and Angela continue to work until five o'clock. And there's a little bit of this awkward tension, but there's no payoff to the awkward tension between the two of them.
0: Yeah, it is weird. I can't tell what the points of these scenes were. Yeah, If it was to, like you say, build up the awkward tension, Or if it was to show that there is maybe a bit of thawing in the icy relationship that they have. At one point, Dwight sneezes and Angela says, bless you, and Dwight says, thank you. And so I feel like maybe two episodes ago, Angela would not have said that. She would have just let that sneeze go.
1: That could be. Yeah, that's true.
0: And they walk out together at exactly 5 o'clock, and Dwight holds the door for Angela. And so, yeah, I don't know if, like I said, I don't know the points of these scenes.
1: I mean, we will get a little bit of a payoff in next episode, but for now, it's sort of a question mark. When Pam, Michael, Daryl, and Oscar get back to the office after the job fair, Jim, Andy, and Kevin are celebrating with some beers, which... Why they would go to the office for that, I don't know. Maybe Jim was waiting for Pam, and Pam is just so proud and happy for Jim, and kind of runs and hugs him and kisses him, which is a little awkward because there's an audience. Jim is emboldened by his good day. He had a good golf day. He closed a big sale, so he's like, screw it, and just gives Pam a really big kiss. Michael's the one that makes that super weird and gets right next to him and says, yeah, kiss her good, which is just awkward. And Michael takes that opportunity to feel like what he did at the job fair was the right move. Because he says, look at Jim. He could be working at any job he wants, but he's here at Dunder Mifflin, like, and he's moving up and really killing it. And it really uh, reinforces the actually the wrong things to Michael
0: The last scene of this episode is kind of a flashback to the job fair where Pam goes to a tent for a company that does graphic design and she applies for the job or tries to apply for the job. As she is getting ready to do so, the guy that is working the booth says that she needs to be proficient in Flash and Dream Maker or whatever, all these other programs.
1: Dreamweaver, Photoshop.
0: Yeah. And these are things that Pam is not proficient at. And the guy says, you know, they're not that difficult. There are probably some adult education classes in the area, but... If she's really serious about it, she should go to design school in New York or Philadelphia. And we see this kind of catch on with Pam. She does, in fact, seem interested in doing this. And we know that she does go to New York to go to design school.
1: Yes. So for both Jim and Pam, there's some seeds being planted about perhaps different directions In their current jobs and we know that Pam has had this goal she talked about it in season two with the Dunder Mifflin initiative but Roy shut that down so this really may be her opportunity to see what's out there as far as graphic design
0: and that pretty much wraps up the episode there's not a whole lot in this episode so let's go to the annex with Antoinette and find out any fun facts
1: in order to make Ed Helms's hands appear extremely blistered, it took the makeup crew 30 minutes uh, with some like sunburn makeup and acetone and just scarring to to do that, uh, which is kind of a lot for a short shot. It wasn't It wasn't very long that his hands were being shown. The guy that's working the graphic design booth that Pam talks to, he actually shows up in later seasons as the IT guy, Nick. And this episode really got mixed reviews. And you can kind of tell from just our episode. It's just okay. Uh, There's not a lot of comedy to it. There's just Michael being Michael and people are sort of splintered um, between the job fair and the golf course. So there's not a ton of cohesiveness uh, between the storylines. Curtis, who gets fired?
0: We lose Michael this episode because when Michael is trying to win Justin back, he introduces him to the other people at the booth. And when he gets to Pam, Michael says that she is the office hottie and that she will do you, um, which is a weird thing to say in general, but it's especially a weird thing to say to a high school kid. Yeah. And Michael kind of immediately realizes the fault here but and tries to backtrack, but doesn't do a very good job of it because he then points out that she has dated two people in the office that they know of. So there's a good chance that she might do, Justin. This is Michael's 10th firing of this season. It's his 36th overall. It's also his fourth straight episode of being fired.
1: Yeah, not a great stretch for Michael.
0: Daryl Watch does continue. He is in this episode, but does not do anything too flagrant. Him and Oscar going to play uh, arcade basketball is about as bad as it gets for Daryl in this episode.
1: And no one that left early gets fired because Michael didn't care. Right. And the only thing that would happen is that you'll get docked your personal time. Like, anyways.
0: I have to imagine that Andy, Jim, and Kevin having beers at the golf course probably isn't great, but maybe they were off the clock at that point. Right. Uh, Who knows? What is your Dundee?
1: My Dundee is the Don't Think About It Too Hard Award, which goes to Phil because he made it clear that he didn't want to talk paper with Jim. But why else would Jim have invited him to come golfing? Mm -hmm. It sort of doesn't add up. uh, And then he stayed behind to have lunch or dinner. With them kind of opening himself up to these opportunities to be sold to by Jim, and so it doesn't really make sense. What is your Dundee?
0: The Overdoing It award goes to Andy, that's very in character for him anyway. But yes, going and swinging a golf club 10,000 times or whatever, however many it was, uh, the night before you're going to play golf the next day probably isn't a good idea he also does get a little over the top about the cornell dartmouth rivalry definitely although i can relate Uh, if you are a fan of kansas i hate you and you are a terrible person
1: (laughs) who is your employee of the month
0: my employee of the month is kevin um, Jim is the obvious choice here. That's but who I chose. My Mine is Kevin for winning like $350. Yeah, that's uh, pretty playing good. Playing golf. Although I doubt he ever sees any of that money from Phil. Phil seems like the kind of guy that will continuously push that off. Agreed. Like, oh, you know what? We're, we're going next time. Yeah. And I'm going to win some of that money back. And eventually, like, it'll even out and then Phil will never play golf with kevin again
1: yeah agree i did choose jim just because it seems like a pretty big client and that was a pretty big win uh for jim to get satisfaction from his job which he probably hasn't really felt uh either before or in a long while.
0: so that does it for this week's episode please follow us on twitter at DownsizingPod to get all the latest updates And continue listening to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to us. Be sure to rate, subscribe, like, comment, wherever you can in order to get our name out there. We appreciate you guys listening, and we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.